0: preachers who are are racist in their hearts Uh, they are are not called by God but they called by their mama.
1: The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans.
0: So-called civil rights leaders want them angry dumbed-down and demoralized.
1: It's not the leaders that blacks need but good fathers and mothers.
0: Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I am uh, my guest today is Pastor Chris Connor. He is a pastor of Lutheran Church of the Risen Lord in uh, Midland, Odessa. Odessa, Texas. Thank you again for coming on. I'm glad to be here. I do appreciate it. Um, I have to tell you, this is my first interview, if I can remember, with a white pastor. Really. And I've been looking forward to interviewing white pastors because a lot of the things I hear, I don't know if they're true or not. So I really want an understanding from this interview. Uh-huh. And so for that, I'm grateful that you would come on. Thank you. We have some more lined up too. You're not the only one, you're just a few. <laughs> you're making history. Um, Lutheran, how is that different from Baptist or Catholic or any other religion?
1: I think uh, Lutheran was the first uh, Protestant movement and that may be how it's different. Uh, in fact, uh, the founder of Lutheranism was a monk named Luther who uh, had a problem with the Catholic Church, oh, and okay. he was a priest. And, but he, uh, he founded a movement that was based in uh, uh, this idea of freedom that we have uh, in the Gospel and in Jesus. And that's what the name Lutheran actually means. It's a Greek word that means to be free or freedom. And his name was Luther. And he changed it to Luther because oh, yeah. he wanted to rename himself uh, in the name of uh, the freedom that he had uh, discovered in reading the letters of Paul and other other scriptures.
0: And uh, you do believe in Jesus has been the son of God. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. No? Yes. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. All right. And your church here in um, Midland? Odessa. Odessa. I better write this down because I won't forget. In you know, Odessa, um, you're the head of the church. I can't really, you look so young.
1: I'm the senior pastor. Really? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And do the older, the elderly people, they listen to you?
1: Well, uh, they listen to me as as much as I uh, uh, pastor them, you know. Right. I think it's a reciprocal thing. As much as I minister to their needs, they listen Did to me. Do you
0: counsel them like one on one or family counseling too? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's great, man. Yeah. Are you married and
1: yep. had your own family? Yep, I had, my daughter was just born in uh, uh, June 3rd, just a few weeks ago. Really? It's our first child.
0: Yeah. Congratulations. Let me ask, um, I want to talk about, um, how, what, how do I want to go with this first? I think I, I've always wondered, what do white ministers think when they hear black ministers and other black people saying that the most racial divided or segregated time It's on Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. times on Sunday mornings, and they say it's because white preachers or white people don't want to fellowship with blacks. When you hear that kind of stuff, what do you think about that?
1: That uh, the quote you just said, that Martin Luther King Jr., he preached that. I think there's. Oh, he sure did. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's where they're getting it from. (laughs) You're right about that.
1: You you know, uh, that was in one of his uh, uh, famous sermons, and uh, there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, it is true that in the United States, uh, to some degree, maybe to a great degree, depending on where you go, that uh, it is true. The most segregated place on Sunday morning uh, uh, in America is church, and it's unfortunate. It really is it is.
0: because whites don't want to be with blacks, or is it, there is something else going on?
1: Well, I think it might, it, it's a, it, it might be a variety of things. I think there's a larger issue going on. Uh, there is a, there is a sense where the white church has uh, uh, has traditionally um, has traditionally not met the needs of other cultures for one reason or another.
0: And why do you say? Is there a primary reason that white churches have not met the needs of other races of people?
1: The pri uh, the primary reason would be uh, uh, issues of racism within white congregations. Really. Yeah
0: i was i was under the impression that you know you tend to uh my grandmother always said birds of the feather flock together Mm -hmm. so you tend to hang out with the people that you live around all the time or you know your own race or because you you know you grow up that way and so on sunday morning you tend to go to the churches in your area and if your community is predominantly white or black
1: mm-hmm.
0: most of the time that's where you're going to end up no, it's true and it doesn't necessarily have to be a race thing a racism
1: right no what what you're saying is absolutely true when i talk about racism i talk of like a larger problem it's the way that we've come to uh, uh you know uh, patterns of behaviors that we b- begin to get into um, fears of people who are different than us um, and that kind of thing are and, white
0: people afraid of blacks
1: uh, i've I'm, I, I'd have to speak. <laughs> You're asking some good questions. Uh, some people are, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And, and white ministers are afraid of them too?
1: Some, pe- some white ministers are. And I why?
0: Say? What, are they, what are they afraid of?
1: <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, I think that there's... Uh, so, so, some of the things that I hear some, some white ministers talk about is uh, being reminded again and again uh, that they're re- they're responsible for the split up between races and that kind of thing, oh, and I think that that bugs some uh, some pastors.
0: They are afraid of being reminded of that. Afraid of
1: being reminded of what uh, went on in this country and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe not necessarily being uh, uh, afraid of being reminded of it as much as uh, having the sense or this feeling of guilt, and not feeling like they can do anything to change it, and. Uh, and uh, hearing the insistence, uh, you know, that you see on TV and the media right. and that kind of thing, that why the responsibility they, rests with them.
0: Why do they feel guilty of something that they're not guilty of? How do you mean? Most white preachers are not guilty of black people's situation. They have never owned slaves. Right. You know, they, they, and most of them assume, are not racist. They don't really hate blacks, do they? No. Uh-uh. So why do they feel guilty of something they're not guilty of?
1: Why do white Why do white preachers feel guilty as something that they're not really guilty of? Right. is a really good question. You know, there's uh, there's kind of a culture
0: of guilt with some uh, churches. Um, do you, Do you guys just do you discuss this with other white ministers? Yeah, we uh, do. And and what do they say? I mean, do you ask, do you feel guilty? Do I feel guilty? Right. Uh, do I feel guilty for black folks' problems?
1: No. <laughs> I, I I have to say I don't feel guilty like uh, like I did something wrong. Right. I here's the, here's the thing, this idea of racism it's like a big issue and it comes up in churches again and again, and pastors get around and they talk about it uh, in various and different ways, and it's a hot button topic, and people have strong emotions around it. Um, part of part of the thing when things become a hot button topic, we can make a couple decisions. We can. Uh, 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 back away from things or we can become a part of yeah. the solution and so uh, you know some of the training that I've gone through uh, to become a pastor and even my thesis you know and in, in, uh, at seminary and that kind of thing focused on some of these uh, issues of diversity cultural diversity um, and uh, how we face that and how we deal with that in the church
0: So let me ask you you're sitting in a a meeting with other white pastors and ministers and things like that you guys are having a discussion about you know what do we do about these black folks you know how do we get with them what do they say
1: there's a there's a deep desire to have positive relationships with people uh, of all cultures and uh, all races and And, but they uh,
0: won't do it because they think what would happen
1: you mean uh, white preachers right. won't do it, right?
0: Why no, I, th- I think that white uh, pastors
1: genuinely try. We, gen- we genuinely try. And, and what happens when you try? Tries.
0: When they try to get with blacks, what happens?
1: <clears throat> For me, I've you know, it's my ministry has been pretty successful You have all cultures. races in your church. Uh, of not the church that I'm at right now, f- for the most part, yeah, we're a pretty diverse church. Blacks nice and white. and uh, we have uh, <coughs> people from other countries, India, and. and right. uh
0: But let's go back know. to a, a meeting with white ministers, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what do we do, yeah. you know? And you're saying that some of them do feel guilty, right? Mm-hmm. And they feel guilty because. I'm sorry. Why do they feel guilty?
1: I think that they feel guilty because there's this desire to have positive relationships, and for some reason it's not happening, and at a loss as to why is why doesn't it work?
0: Do they say why they think it's not happening?
1: No, not necessarily. They don't really it know. It depends on what group that you go to. All right. Okay. Um, I. You know, there's a, it's a. This is a huge issue.
0: I. I, I bet. You know? <laughs> That's why I wanted to talk to white ministers to find out what's going on on the other end. Yeah. I know how black ministers think about it, but I don't really know how white people, white ministers feel about this race situation.
1: I think that, uh, like uh, in the Lutheran church, the larger Lutheran body, there's this huge movement of, uh, of training for pastors uh, because it's a predominantly white organization, the Lutheran church. But when you go as far as pastors, you know, predominantly white, uh, when you go into the uh, congregation, some of them are uh, more diverse than others, but there is a huge movement to uh, to do training with uh, pastors to help them understand what some of the issues are.
0: And what are some, what are some of the issues?
1: Well, the training that I've seen uh, and that I've been to has to do specifically with this uh, issue of racism. And it becomes a matter of uh, helping white pastors or helping pastors understand Uh, What is racism? What's it about? Um, How does it impact both communities, uh, communities of color and white communities?
0: Do you think that most black pastors are racist? I mean, white pastors are racist?
1: I wouldn't say that, no.
0: No, you don't think they are.
1: So this is a difficult uh, thing, again. It depends (laughs) on what your definition of racism is. If your definition of racism is... um, uh, racism is, I don't like someone because of the color of their skin. Um, you, you get into some uh, things, you know. If your definition of racism is that this is a uh, cultural uh, problem that all cultures are trapped in, that uh, white people have uh, uh, gotten trapped in and are jailed by it uh, just as much as anybody else, but that uh, there, there, there's still really freedom from it we're not imprisoned by it, right. um, the, 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 the gate is not locked, you can open it and go through the other side.
0: I, I want to tell you what I think the problem is, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. Okay. I, um, I get the feeling that because black pastors and so-called leaders, the NWCP and others, Jesse Jackson, have accused white pastors so, for so long of being racist and, and, and even when white pastors try to reach out, they're still called racist. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of white pastors just don't know what to do with black folks. They're so messed up, you know. If you try to be nice to them, you you can't do it, you're still a racist. If you're mean, you're still a racist. If you avoid them totally, you're still a racist. So I just think a lot of white ministers just kind of giving up because they don't know what to do. Am I wrong?
1: I think that you're true, Uh, that you're right on that. I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, but I wouldn't say a lot, but you probably have a more accurate uh, well, your know, pulse
0: on it better than I do. <laughs> I know that a I lot haven't. Of... I haven't given up, you know. Yeah, but you feel like giving up sometimes.
1: Do I feel like giving up? I, no, I don't. When you go
0: home at night, you think, Lord oh, have mercy. What do I do? These Negroes. No. <laughs>
1: no, I don't. <laughs> I go home at night, though, wishing that I could um, find ways to connect better with people of other communities. Um, you know, I my I have a biracial family, and so uh, you know. You mean you do? Yeah, I mean my wife is Cambodian, oh, right? Okay. And so coming from that perspective, and I have a child now who's half Asian, half white. Well, you coming from that perspective, and uh, understanding all my hopes and dreams uh, for my daughter, and for my family, but also um, also knowing that the. Uh, also knowing that there's some barriers too in the relationships between the races and it's in the culture and it finds itself into the churches too those are the things that i think about you know when i hope for a a future for my daughter you know when you hold her when you hold your child in your uh, arms at six pounds three ounces and you hope for a good future um, you do kind of think how is this child going to deal with being uh, you know biracial and that kind of thing
0: why don't white pastors since they called by God, uh, men of God, why don't they just be honest with white, with black people and say, look, I don't hate you, it doesn't matter what color you are, I'm not against you, I never own a slave, you know, I don't care what your black pastor have told you, I'm not a racist, mm-hmm. and why don't they just be honest about the situation, because since they are of truth, because when you're born, of, when you're called by God, I can't help but assume that you are now of God, meaning you're of the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the truth that's going to set us free. Why don't you just come out of the shell and be honest?
1: I think some pastors do. Um, Why don't they come out of the shell and uh, be honest? There's this whole thing of guilt, which you had kind of uh, touched on. Uh, There's this whole thing that's reinforced again and again, is I, I have guilt for, you know, uh, all kinds of things. You know, for whatever happens in the black community, I'm at fault. And a lot of white people feel that way. Not just pastors. as You know, what do pastors do in taking leadership in their congregations? Some pastors make it a point to uh, reach out to the black community. Some pastors feel like it's not a it's such a hot-button topic and too hard to deal with that it, that it gets it might get in the way of other ministry
0: but it, if you're a man of god it should nothing is too hard to deal with no uh-uh. because god is there with you to guide you right right so why would they look at that as too hard to deal with i'm not sure would i don't look at it that, that way? way right i don't
1: look at it that way right. but you're right uh, um, there is there is this issue of uh, a need for transparency a need for honesty uh, when you're uh, dealing in rela- with relationships with folks?
0: Because when the head, I'm under the impression that when the head is weak, mm-hmm. meaning that the head of the church, the, the man, the preacher, mm-hmm. the congregation is weak too. Mm-hmm. It's like the head of a home, the father of the home. When the father is weak, the Bible says the whole household fell. Right. So if the pastor, because he is white, is afraid to open up this discussion, talk about it, and let the world know, I don't care what color you are, then the congregation is going to be afraid of dealing with it,
1: too. Well, a lot of congregations are doing, a lot of white churches are doing that.
0: They're starting to deal with it. Right. I think
1: what you find in um, a lot of uh, churches is that there's this desire to be successful, the desire to see some of these efforts to reach out and all that other stuff to result in numbers, to result in a more diverse congregation, to result in uh, stronger relationships with other churches, uh... you know that that end up developing joint collaborative projects and i think that's where maybe for some pastors some of the frustration comes in because uh... they don't see the results there are pastors who stand up and say you know this is a church for all people You uh... i want to work with the black community i'll tell you when i was in minnesota there was the black ministerial alliance in minnesota and there were white pastors who went to that and this is in st paul minnesota Um, after a couple of years uh, of me being aware of that uh, group, uh, that, that ministerial alliance decided that white people could not come to those meetings anymore because it was the black ministerial alliance. So there is some frustration, I think, with pastors who do try, who really yeah. do try and are really mm-hmm. are trying to open up to the community and trying what? to speak honestly about it. There is a sense where they get frustrated because it needs to be a two-way street.
0: Yeah, you're right. I was going to say, the one thing I've noticed about a lot of white ministers, when they do join forces with other black ministers, it seems as though the black pastors just say and do whatever they want. They'll stand in the pulpit and call the white people racist, call white ministers racist. But if the white preacher got up and said it, then it would be, they'd burn down the church.
1: It, It would be the end of it. Yeah. And, and, so, and me,
0: so white people live in fear. They won't even stand up and defend themselves. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Is it possible to have fear and, and be born again?
1: Is it possible to have fear and be born again? I, well, it depends on who you talk to. You're asking when, me personally. I'm asking
0: you personally. <clears throat> is it possible to have fear and be of God?
1: How I, how
0: I, yes or no. How I see it is, yes or no. We're either.
1: people who have fear. No, no, no. Let
0: me. Ask, I'm asking a question about salvation because I read in the Bible. Well, I'll let you answer first. Right. Is it possible to be born again and have fear?
1: We're afraid of things, but in Jesus Christ, when we're anchored in Christ, there's no need for fear.
0: So, are you saying yes, it's possible, or no, it's possible? I'm saying I'm,
1: I'm saying that uh, as as Christians when we walk with God, uh, there's
0: as men and women of God as who are born women, again, right? Is it possible to have fear and be born of God?
1: To be born of God and to have fear? That's like I said, we're people who are afraid of things. People are afraid of snakes, spiders this is like a theological... I'm not talking about that kind of... I'm not talking
0: about like a snake bite okay I'm talking about like a black on white bite right is it Uh -uh. possible to have be born of God and have fear
1: I think that uh, pastors especially uh, have a responsibility to live out their faith in such a way you know
0: is it possible to be born of God and have fear
1: I, w- I would say again, no. Oh, okay. I mean, you never we, said no. Just, I,
0: <laughs> I know, I'm trying to explain to you, you know. And so here's the thing. My question would be then, if these white pastors are born of God, called by God, God prepared them to deal with anything, right? Right. Whatever comes. So why aren't they bold enough and have enough love for other black pastors to say to them, I am not your problem. You are your own problem. I don't hate you because of your color. I will not sit in a congregation with you and allow you to degrade me as a white man, accuse me of something I'm not guilty of. Why don't they have that kind of boldness? Well, there's two,
1: there's two things. One of the, one of the things, uh, Jesse, is that um, the past, there are pastors who are doing that. But the churches that they're serving are all white churches. The people who, who uh, would make those accusations aren't sitting in their pews. For the most part right 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 okay You're right about that and and so it, it there, there's not this dialogue that goes on but if
0: you have it with the people that are making those right who
1: are having those right and there are pastors who do that i can one of the just kind of the interchange that we had just on a matter of theology there you know uh you know about uh this idea of being uh, a christian uh, can you have fear if you're uh, born again in Christ and right. that kind of thing.
0: But the Bible says perfect love cast out fear. Right, perfect love casts out fear. And so when you're born again, you're born of perfect love. Right. God love is perfect, right? Right. So when you're born again, he cleanses you of all your unrighteousness, meaning that he takes away the fear, the doubt, the worry, the insecurity, right. the right. sin nature. Right. So these these white uh, pastors should be living by that. Right. So that when they run into a black pastor who is falsely accusing them, they should love that person enough to say, look, you need to repent. You're your own problem. I don't hate you. But
1: you see how um, you and I agree uh, exactly on that point. Perfect love casts out fear. But did you see how the dialogue had to go for us to get to the point to realize that we have an agreement? you know and yeah, i asked some you questions
0: say no straight up.
1: i wouldn't say cuz i had a different way of looking at it oh i see what you're saying you know and so what happens is uh, i had i you know i'm wondering uh, what do you mean by fear do you mean the kind of uh, you know what do you mean by fear and that kind of stuff
0: would but if, you
1: see what I'm saying. Yeah, There's this the, the way that, so so much of theological dialogue, or when we talk about our understandings of God and the Scripture, the way that uh, sometimes we have to work through things, we discover that we have more commonalities and differences. Right. And right. it's just a matter of uh, getting together and sitting here and dialoguing. That dialogue is not happening in churches when it comes to uh, the racial issues.
0: And who fault is it?
1: I think it's everybody's uh, fault. Uh, there's, I, I, I can tell you from my own perspective that I see white pastors make a tremendous effort uh, I've seen it too. to be open to, yeah. to, the, to the community. They do all kinds of, they get in trouble with their congregations because they want to start uh, gospel choirs and they want to start you know, uh, different kinds of ministries in the church that aren't, aren't traditional with their own congregation. They even go to the, to the point of almost being booted out of their churches in order to try to open up. And And I don't blame
0: the congregation. I will boot them out, too.
1: With the pastors. I will boot the
0: the pastors out. You know why? Because what the pastors are doing is catering to a group of people, appeasing, Mm -hmm. rather than bringing them. If the pastor is already teaching his original church congregation the truth, and that truth works, is of God, then why change that just to appease to some people people. that you know that don't really want to be with you anyway right why change I don't blame the congregation right. I wouldn't tolerate that either right. am I wrong
1: no I understand, I agree with you uh, I understand uh, what you're saying
0: um, but and
1: there what uh, I would what I'm trying to uh, point out about it is that there are pastors who are trying so hard and they think that this is what they have to do right. to do it and so when you ask me what are white pastors doing about it I'm telling you what they're doing about right. it. okay and uh, it and what I'm telling you is that it doesn't they, they, they get frustrated because they don't see results to that, you know. Um, well, the point that you're making is why haven't they just stood up and said, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, this stuff isn't true."
0: That's right. You know,
1: when I was serving the congregation in St. Paul, we had a group that came and met in my uh, church, and uh, it was an inner city congregation and uh, primarily uh, white congregation. Uh, and we had an African-American Butalian, uh, or some kind of uh, um, um, like a homecoming group, come and meet. And They had meetings with the uh, boys, and meetings with the girls, and they had a, a great little uh, party after that. But the thing is, is that I was sitting in my office while they were meeting, and outside in the, uh, uh, where, where they were meeting, outside of my office where they were meeting, there was a preacher whom I respected tremendously a black one a black preacher whom i respected uh tremendously uh and uh very uh strong and active in the community um he was saying things that and i and he knew i was right there but he was saying things that uh that weren't true you know and i just have to i, I had to call it out to him like it is you oh know, that's
0: you corrected well it. i
1: corrected him there were boys there too and i yeah. said well that's not exactly true yes. but his message to those boys that day is um these uh, and he's a pastor and what he was teaching those boys that day was um, these uh, uh, white people uh, don't want you to have economic security look at what's going on on this side of town Uh, you know look what's going on over here they want to keep you down they don't want you to have uh, jobs they don't want blacks to be in business in this community and From my perspective and from my uh, participation in the community also, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. But these very well-respected men uh, in the church uh, were leading their people uh, in that direction. But it goes the other way, too.
0: We have 30 seconds left in the program, and I just want to close it out by saying to you and, and to the audience that That experience you had with this particular black preacher Mm. is typical in the black community. Mm. The average black preacher isn't worth a dime. Mm. He's a racist, he hates white folks, Mm. and he's passing that racism down to his black congregation. And I say that to say that it's not the white man's fault, it's not the white preacher's fault, it's the black preacher's fault, and white preachers need to do something about it. Mm. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming (laughs) in. We're out of time. (laughs) Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. Let me hear from you. I appreciate emails, phone calls, and letters that we get. Uh, Let me know what you think about this program and other shows that you have seen in the past and will see in the future. We appreciate that. Whether you agree or disagree, uh, you know, God wants us to get an understanding and unless we dialogue together, fellowship together, we would never get the kind of understanding that we need. My uh, guest today, a part two series here is Pastor Chris Carter. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. He is a pastor of Lutheran Church of the Risen Lord in Odessa, Texas. And uh, I thank you for coming back a second time here. Um, we talked about why white ministers don't get with black ministers and trying to clear up some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said that you know they're not sure as to what to do. And essence, I want to move on to some other topics because of time. Um, salvation. What is it? And how do you find it
1: salvation what is it and how do you find it that's a good question (laughs) thank you (laughs) salvation is that which only comes from God we have so many ways that um, as human beings that we try to save ourselves you know we, we we live in a broken humanity we're separate from God because of our sin Um, because of the the ways in which uh, we choose to behave and that kind of thing. And um, God had a promise uh, through Jesus Christ uh, to save us.
0: And what is he saving us from?
1: He's saving us from uh, sin. He saves us from Ah, death. He saves us from the devil. You know, he saves us uh, from all kinds of things.
0: How do you find salvation? How do you find salvation? Let's say a, 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 a... non-christian or believer listen to us and they want salvation what would you recommend
1: if a non-believer wants salvation i would do i would pray with them
0: but how about they, a person that's you know you can't get to they're watching this program oh
1: they're watching this program
0: right and they, they're thinking right now in their bedroom i need to be saved something's wrong with me what would you recommend to them as far as how to find salvation
1: i would invite them to Ask Jesus into their heart and uh, I would invite them uh, to call on God in whatever way that they can in some kind of prayer. uh, And to ask for God to help them see the way, their way for salvation.
0: Um, When I'm asked that question, and because I am a minister, I am sometimes asked. I always tell people, well, you need to admit that you're wrong first. Uh You need to say, you know, God, I'm wrong. I'm a sinner all these things i've done i'm wrong because what i notice is most people cannot admit that they're wrong and unless you can admit that you're wrong you can never enter into the to the kingdom of heaven and so the first step to find the salvation is to admit that you're a sinner that you're wrong am uh-huh. i am i wrong about that
1: no you're right about that oh, okay. part of part of uh, being saved what are you saved from that's right if you have no sin what are you you know what you know you the truth's not in you you deceive yourself. That's, That's right. what the, the apostle Paul said. But did
0: you know that most people cannot admit that they're wrong? They will not, They want salvation even without having to admit that I'm wrong.
1: No, it's true. It is true. There are folks who uh, come to church, too, that uh, have a hard time making those kinds of admissions. In fact, a lot of ministry of uh, pastors is to help people understand the ways in which uh, they're wrong and how that impacts their life and That's how that right. destroys their relationship to God
0: um what's a real man a real man real man the first thing
1: for me uh, that comes to my mind is responsibility Mm. you know a real man is somebody who is uh, going to be responsible for themselves um, responsible for uh, the world around them uh, uh, responsible for their family
0: you know um I need a good and an evil answer to this question. Good or evil? You heard of Jesse Jackson? Uh huh. Reverend Jesse Jackson. Yeah. As a uh, a white pastor, a a man of God, Mm -hmm. when you see him, do you think of good or evil?
1: When I see Jesse Jackson, (laughs) I see I see a mixed bag, you know. And we, you know, uh, I when I look at anybody, I see uh, a mixed bag. Right, but let's do Jesse Jackson.
0: You want to look at Jesse Jackson? Yeah, let's do Jesse. Do you see, see Jesse? Is Jesse Jackson a good man or an evil one?
1: Boy, that's a that's a hard question. Why? I think. Uh, Why is it hard? I think that it's hard because uh, I don't know the man enough to to be able to say whether he's good or evil. Okay,
0: well, let me give you a few pointers. Okay. Uh, Jesse Jackson cheated on his wife, the Reverend. Uh and he made a baby in that relationship did you know about that
1: yes i did
0: is that good or evil that's evil jesse jackson uh supports abortion a woman rights to have an abortion uh he supports homosexuality um he has managed to divide the races like no other person in history have done is that good or evil that's evil so would jesse jackson be a good man or an evil one
1: he would be a good uh evil man He'll be a
0: good evil. <laughs> Here, here's here's the deal. When we're looking, when when I
1: look at a lead, someone who's a leader right. and calls themselves a reverend yes. and is supposed to be a leader of a church, right. there's a certain standard, and there is That's a certain right. judgment. Right. So, looking at Jesse Jackson, the person, I choose not to judge him. Looking at Jesse Jackson in his office with the with the title Reverend yes. before him, I would have to use the word evil. Evil. You know.
0: Are you bold enough to say that to your congregation too? Jesse Jackson is an evil man and here's why? Yeah, I
1: would be. I mean if it came up in a conversation. <laughs> well actually we have talked about uh some of the the things uh uh some preachers uh do uh that, that are evil. Is
0: it the responsibility of a pastor to do these things, to Mm -hmm. point out to the world uh, good and evil? Yes, it is. Because, and and the reason I ask that, too, is because I was talking to two young boys earlier, Mm -hmm. earlier taping, and they had not realized that Jesse Jackson had done some of the things that he had done and believed in some of the things he's believed in, like abortion and homosexuality and stuff, right? And so I asked, is he a good man or an evil man? And they said, he's good. But when I told them some of his actions, the things he had done, they like, wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, if they're not being taught at home about what's really going on, isn't it responsibility of the minister to teach that? To, yes, it is. To uh-huh. tell the congregation so mm-hmm. they won't be deceived by the world. Yeah. Right. You, are you bold enough to do that? I have. We are. I, I am bold enough to do. Are that. you bold enough to do it with a black congregation as well? Well, I haven't been in a, a pastor of a black congregation. <laughs> no, but uh would you have the same courage if you were speaking to either mixed congregation or all black congregation sure. are you bold enough to speak sure
1: i think that when you're a pastor and you're in relationship with a congregation you're given the authority uh, by god to speak the truth in love that's god. right and that's so right. you speak the truth because you love them and you speak the truth in such a way that they can hear it that's right you know and so we you know uh, we talk about these issues, uh, and we do talk about, and I have talked about in my classes and in my congregation, uh, different things that are going on in the world with uh, with certain preachers and pastors and religious leaders and some of the things that they're leading us yes. into. For example, I'm part uh, of a, our denomination is just struggling right now. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which uh, our congregation uh, has uh, a strained relationship with. Because we're speaking the truth in love, this is a denomination uh, that has uh, ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is a is a denomination that has been uh, pushing uh, same-sex marriage. I you know, know some of the uh, pushing yeah. of abor- abortion. Do you know their medical plan for pastors pays for abortions, <laughs> uh, asking no questions. And so uh, I, I'm more than comfortable to ask those questions in my in my context. Mm. And our congregation is. And uh, and our congregation is standing up and asking, why are we supporting uh, 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 ordaining uh, gay pastors who are not who who are who are practicing homosexuals? You know, why are we supporting abortion? Why are we? So those are important questions to be asked, and pastors need to need to ask it. The uh, prophets are filled with uh, with stories and with uh, prophecies and and uh, messages from God. To the leaders of god's people you know in jeremiah he says woe to you shepherds who mislead and scatter my flock that's right you know hosea that's ta- right hosea talks about uh the priests uh who uh taught and i uh, taught god as god wasn't you know what right. i mean they taught a god that was not god right. they were teaching a golden calf and so that's what we kind of get into and when i look at leaders like uh, jesse jackson and uh you know when it comes up in conversations there is a sense in which, uh, in which, uh, pastors really need to uh, be willing and open and courageous enough to
0: to teach their
1: congregations.
0: Why do you think they're not doing it? Who most white pastors are not doing it. As far as most white pastors, um,
1: there's this. Uh, The idea of uh, saying something bad about Jesse Jackson, uh, for a lot of white pastors that's just a no-no. Why? You know, because he's a black man.
0: But well, he's an evil man. Right. They don't love black people enough to say, look, this man is wrong for you?
1: I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I can't speak for them, <laughs> you know? But I well, understand. What are they
0: concerned about now? What would happen if they said Jesse Jackson is <laughs> evil? He's not good for not only black people. He's not good for anybody. Well, there's. uh, What do they think will happen?
1: Well, you know, that's not politically correct to say.
0: But you can't be politically correct and be a preacher. Right,
1: right. And that's what uh, that's what the Bible tells us. That's what uh, you know. Some of the we hear it again and again about the requirement that God has of His leaders is not to go with the. Flow of the culture not to, uh, to support uh, lock stock and barrel um, the direction that uh, even big name leaders like Jesse Jackson are going in and, and other uh, preachers who are going in that same direction um, and we're, we're called to do that <clears throat> but I think there's a fear also on the uh, recrimination or the uh, consequences that white pastors might face for doing that
0: just imagine what would have happened had Jesus had that same fear, mm-hmm. and where would we be today? You
1: know, mm-hmm. we, we, Jesus didn't have that fear at right. all. That's right. I mean, and when, so, when he saw to... a
0: Pharisee, he called it a Pharisee. That's right.
1: You know, you brood of vipers. You know. That's right. And so uh, Jesus was strong. When he went into the temple and they were selling things in the temple, he he overturned
0: some tables. That's right. You know, and so the, the white pastors, because I'm telling you, I'm not. I don't expect that from the black ones anymore. Most of the black preachers are not called by God they're called by their mama. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect that from them. But I, I expect, at this point, for white pastors to love black folks enough to tell them the truth and hope that they would go free. Mm-hmm. And if they call them a name, I'm called names all the time. Mm-hmm. I've been called nigger can Tom, a sellout. I hate women, I hate men, I hate myself, all kind of names, but God put a bubble around me, invisible, protective mm-hmm. bubble, and I'm not moved by what people call me. I just want the truth to get out because that's what set me free. Mm -hmm. White pastors have to love black enough to do the same thing. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I agree with you.
0: Because at some point, they're going to pay a price for that. Because when you have a ministry, it's just not for you and for your little environment. Mm -hmm. It's for the world to see, to hear and see the right way to go. Am I wrong?
1: I think that you're right. And and I believe in what you say, that there's a price to be paid if you don't stand up and tell the truth as a pastor. Um, I mean, there's this accountability thing. You have to have a, you're ultimately accountable to God. That's right. And there's a responsibility to be being called into the ministry, and you're going to be held account for what you say and what you do.
0: Abortion is out of control in this country. Uh-huh. Homosexuals are taking over. Mm-hmm. You know, they're destroying the families. They're setting up their own idea of a family. Uh, I participate in rallies a lot. You know, demonstrating and trying to bring attention to this issue, in order to get the awareness of the people, mm-hmm. so that they can get involved. I noticed that a lot of white pastors, again, the black ones don't do it either, but I notice a lot of white pastors don't get out and make a lot of noise about anything. Mm-hmm. Why is that?
1: Why don't a lot of white pastors get out and make yeah. a lot of noise about anything?
0: You know, this is... Am I right about that, though, or am I wrong?
1: No, you're, you're
0: a little bit wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, White pastors get out and protest and make noise.
1: They, uh, they may not protest on uh, the side that supports... And I can't speak for all white pastors. I'm speaking for my right, own experience. Right, but when I turn
0: the news on, TV on, I see the homosexuals protesting. I see the abortion people protesting mm-hmm. because they want to destroy the family, right? Yeah. And I see a few Christians get out there to try and do something about it. But rarely do I see, if any time I see ministers bringing their flops out, saying, come on, let's go out and shine some light into this situation. Right. Why is that? Oh, I, am
1: I wrong again? I think that I hear what you're saying. W- what I mean when I said that you're wrong, I see a lot of, uh, and I come from the L- Lutheran Church of uh, uh, Risen Lord, and so I'm, t- I'm speaking from that perspective, uh, and in the denomination that we are at this point loosely affiliated with, uh, what, I, what I am seeing are... Uh, uh, the folks who are going out and making some noise are making some noise on the wrong side of the issues from our perspective, and you're at right. our
0: congregation. They're right, well, So we want to get them on the right you side. Want to, <laughs> we have to get them on the other side. But they're not going to do it if the pastors don't leave them.
1: And you're, there are reasons, there's reasons for it. And speaking from a denominational perspective, uh, which we need to get out of, right. because, because there's so much fear attached to it. Yes, uh, so. The reason why a lot of these pastors aren't doing it is because they're afraid of what uh, their their head pastor of their district is going to do to them. So
0: fear again. Fear. Mm-hmm. So you can't love the world and love God too. No. you know Because you got to let one go. If you're afraid well, of you what can't, you...
1: You can't serve two masters. Right. I think we're called to love the, well,
0: when the world you're on the side of in God, the
1: same way that God loves us. That's love. right. When you're on okay. his side,
0: you will. And so when you're on his side you'll go out and do what's right and it doesn't matter what your minister or anyone else is going to say about it you you can't help yourself that's not happening
1: it's unfortunately it's not and why Uh, cowardice i don't know weakness i'm not sure why isn't that amazing i've been i have been uh distraught in uh in some of the issues that you brought up like abortion uh like i said homosexuality uh has been overtaking my own denomination uh, what are you doing about it? We, we are uh, protesting it.
0: Uh, oh, you are? Yeah, we're pro- You get out and make noise? We're protesting it, yeah. So you lead your congregation. Right. Come on, we're not going to sit back and Let's let it go. Say, know. look,
1: this, this coming Saturday, uh, well, we protest it. We, we have made it Good very clear you. to every uh, church in the country huh. <laughs> that's uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, ELCA. We made it clear to all of them that, uh, that we're against it. They know who we are. And uh, they didn't want me to come to this church uh, because of the stand that I've taken and Why that I promised to lead the congregation uh, in these directions. Uh, but the church called me anyways. Uh, and, uh, and that's caused some problems. So we're protesting as a congregation. This whole issue with abortion, we're protesting. Uh, this Saturday uh, evening, we'll be having a, uh, a memorial uh, in in memory of the children 150 children every hour in the United States who died to abortion right you know? on. and uh, these are some of the things that we're doing as a congregation but I can't all I can tell you is that I cannot speak uh, for every other congregation I could tell you what I'm doing
0: have you tried to get other ministers to join forces with you Um
1: my relationships with ministers here haven't gone so far into this uh, community act- activity. Or Why activism. not? I've been here in Odessa just for a few months oh, I see. and haven't really gotten into it. Oh, okay. And there are some ministers who would really, and white ministers too, who would really uh, be supportive and uh, go, go and uh, support us and make some noise. Um, what, how we, where we find ourselves as a congregation and our denomination is isolated from the other uh, ELCA congregations, and that where I could have uh, counted on the other ELCA congregation across town to join me and be a part of me, uh, a, a part of my congregation, and to join us and be a part of us, uh, what we're finding is that uh, they, they would, uh, <clears throat> they come out on a different side of the issues. Yeah. Not the congregation, the pastors. Right. And what you'll find is that uh, what, you're, what we're seeing is that pastors are misleading congregations. And if you were to take a vote in the congregation, it would not be where the pastor is leading them.
0: You know. Um, I want to go and talk about the family in the next seven or eight minutes we have left. I've noticed that most men, not all of course, but most men are weak, mm-hmm. pathetic. Poor excuse of, 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 a, <laughs> a, men of a man. Am I wrong about
1: that? Most men, I don't know. I know a lot of pretty good fellas that are strong men that really stand up and take responsibility and lead their families, uh, you know, make Maybe sure. Maybe that's
0: just a black thing now.
1: Make sure that they're connected to the, you know, to, to God and that they are part of a community. Have you and...
0: noticed that in the black community, most men are weak, pitiful, Po excuse of a man? It's hard for me to judge. Okay, let me give you some examples. Mm -hmm. I like it when you say that.
1: It's hard for me to judge,
0: so give me some examples. (laughs) 70% of black babies are born out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. Is that an example of a strong man or a weak one? No, it's a weak man. Uh, uh, 90% of black Americans vote for the Democratic Party, and the party itself goes against what God is about, Mm -hmm. and that it support the party, not all Democrats. It support abortion, homosexuality, cheating on your wife. Remember Bill Clinton? Yeah. Cheating on your wife and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The men allow that to happen. Is that an example of a strong man or a weak man?
1: That's that's a weak man.
0: Jesse Jackson can walk into the average black man's church today and get a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Is that an example of a strong man or a weak man?
1: The people who are standing Right. that's weak.
0: So would you agree with me that most black men are weak, pathetic, Poor excuse of a man. Well. If what I'm saying is true. If what you're saying is true. I would I would agree with what your assessment is. Why do you think men are weak?
1: Men. Uh, Those are all weak. You know there's been this movement in the United States, a uh, uh, feminism movement. Right. And so we have 30, 40 years, maybe I'm overestimating it, but we have uh, plenty of years of uh, Uh, Schools teaching our boys uh, untruths about what it means to be man. Yeah, Uh, we have plenty of years of churches wanting to be politically correct, teaching our boys, you know, and that kind of thing. uh, Because of some of these ideologies, and when you look in the Bible, it has many strong fathers. You know, Jesus, Jesus called God Father. You know, Daddy. And uh, there's all these examples of many, many strong fathers. But that's why uh,
0: God wants us to teach it in the home first. Mm-hmm. You know, get married. First, love God with all your heart, soul, and might. Mm-hmm. Get married and guide your children in the right way to go so when they go out into the world, the world can't influence them like that. They may stray a little bit, but they'll come back to you.
1: And I think that it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the weakening of the family that's been going on uh, over all these years, uh, and the effects of that have just been tremendous. You're right. What um, kind of
0: man would allow the world to weaken his family?
1: What kind of man would
0: allow the world to weaken his family? Right. A weak
1: man? <laughs> didn't you just say?
0: But uh, yeah, a weak man. You know, they man. send their children off to public schools every yeah. day, knowing the corruption that's going on there. They send them off to these churches that know, and they know the corruption that go You know, why would they sacrifice their children to mm-hmm. the world like that? Well, we just say weak. week. It's, it's, it's tragic, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, it I is. Mean, it really is tragic. I, I deal with it every day. It's terrible. Mm-hmm.
1: It's evil. And for, and for some reason, uh, it's become the way of doing business for us here in our society.
0: Um, in the last few minutes we have left, let's talk about some solutions. What's the solution to this madness that's going on? You know, white preachers are afraid to talk to blacks. Blacks hate whites because their preachers have told them this stuff. Abortion is out of control. Everything is just out of control. How 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 can we bring all this back to order again?
1: That's gonna take. It's gonna take some power of the Holy Spirit.
0: But what are the steps to get in there?
1: I think that uh, conversation or uh, teaching and conversation in the church needs to begin happening. Yes. That uh, supports. Um, Biblical directions for family, biblical directions for uh, um, uh, our society. Yeah. You know what we find? What, we, we need to get back to some of the old old-fashioned teaching. You know, we're carried away so much with ideologies and what this group thinks and uh, this special interest group and that special interest group, and churches are, and pa- a lot of pastors are too. And uh, I think the church can be a tremendous uh, uh, catalyst. Uh, for doing that but I think that it has to start with our preachers and our teachers and our pastors and our leaders
0: I'm under the impression and you could correct me that uh, it has to start in the home first mm-hmm. you know I believe in that spiritual order and I don't know if you believe this or not of God and Christ Christ and man mm-hmm. man over woman and woman over children mm-hmm. and it starts there first Mm -hmm. and then trigger out into, down into the community the churches am i wrong with my impression
1: no you're absolutely right it does start there first but someone has to start teaching that it starts that's right and that's That's the responsibility of the pastors it absolutely does start there first but i think that there's uh this thing of we don't want to tell people what to do in their homes we don't want to give people guidelines for how to live Uh we want people to come to church on sunday morning and feel good and happy we don't want to give them standards to live by and that's what is happening in a lot of churches and and uh, if we reclaim the uh, word of god and teach it as ministers as pastors um, and if we show fathers and mothers how to do that in their own family because because see this this family disintegration has already happened and who is there to begin teach you begin teaching reteaching again were you raised
0: by both parents father and mother no who Oh, you were I was not? raised
1: by my, my mother. Where was your dad? He was, my parents had divorced, you know, my dad was uh, a couple miles
0: down the road and- Did you have a relationship with him? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, so you, 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 you and were he, not kept away from him?
1: No. And my dad was always there for me. He, you were uh, close to him? He put me through college, you know, awesome. he took care of me. Good. You so know. you love your dad? Yeah. And, and you love your close. mom? I love
0: my mama too. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love my daddy and my mama. <laughs>
0: How can people get in contact with, I mean, someone in the town, they want to visit your church in 32nd. how can they get to you? Uh,
1: we're located at 1603 Grandview, that's at the corner of Grandview and uh, 21st here in Odessa. Uh, they can reach us at the church office at 362-2549, or you All can email me at pastorc at lcrl.org.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you t- tuning in. I appreciate you coming in today. Thank I you. I had a good talk. How did you feel about the talk?
1: I enjoyed my time yeah. with you. How did. You? You? The
0: fellowship was good. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Have a good one. It's done. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I am founder and president of a nonprofit organization called BON, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, and our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. There's a perfect order to life. That order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. We deal with all people because uh, the things that we're talking about are spiritual things, which applies to all of mankind. And in the black community, we uh, focus our primary focus is on the man. Uh, I have a book out called From Rage to Responsibility, an excellent book for all people. From rage to Responsibility. Uh, we have a newsletter that we put out every other month. You can contact us at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND. Our web is www.bondinfo.org. B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot
1: For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.